It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Throws, and yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Full Court Press. Jason Walker here. Uh, no Eric Franson today. Uh, he is traveling. So you're going to get me for all of today's show. Actually, you will get to hear uh, Eric Franson later. Uh, he's going to be producing a... He produced a segment for the 5 o'clock hour, which will be playing for you. I'm actually going to have to dip out early at the 5 o'clock hour. Got some high school broadcasting duties to attend to. Uh, we'll get into that. But you got me for one hour. We've also got... Uh, I forgot the the This Week in the Mountain West. That's what it's called. That'll play at 5.30, so we'll have that for you. So lots of things to get to. Uh, unfortunately, what it means is it kind of shortens what will be, uh, I'm hoping will be a lively discussion. Big news of the day, obviously, and the big discussion topic for today is very clearly yesterday's festivities. Utah State football going down to Provo and falling to the Cougars. 38-26. Uh, impressive performance from the Aggies. Uh, I don't think a whole lot of us were expecting this. Myself, I predicted a 38-10 win for BYU. I was spot on with BYU's score. But obviously, Utah State well exceeded my own expectations. Like last year at home, Utah State only scored 20 points. They go down to Provo with a... Offense that we felt has been a lot worse than last year's offense. And they go down there, put up 26 points. One of those was uh, kind of a garbage time touchdown. But still, they go down there, get a get a final touchdown toward the end of the fourth quarter. So, great performance. Obviously, tied 17-17 at halftime. That's the big deal is the Utah State was tied with the 19th ranked team, team in the country. And they were going toe-to-toe. They were shutting down BYU's offense. BYU had negative 21 rushing yards. And they ended up kind of flipping that. They had like 25 rushing yards on their first drive in the third quarter. And that really is when things kind of started going downhill. But we'll get your reactions. I want to hear a lot of your reactions uh, on the text line. We've got our text line 435-339-0321. We've already got some of you guys rolling in. We did get a big one this morning which I'll read in a second here, which summarizes, I think, a lot of what fans were thinking of this game. Basically puts all the stuff I was seeing, reactions from fans on Twitter. I think a lot of you guys will uh, agree with some of the things that come through in this text. I don't necessarily agree with all of them, but hey, that's sports discussion. And of course, we'll have to talk about uh, Cooper Lega. (laughs) I know some uh, some of you may take shots at me, or I don't know if shots is the right word, but Obviously, I was not one in favor of starting Cooper Lega over Logan Bonner, although Lega started anyway because Logan Bonner is out for the season. And so Cooper Lega is now the guy, and he's the guy going forward. I think he's got two years of eligibility left. 
Um, I think that includes this year. He's listed as a junior, which I don't know what that means anymore. But I think he'll end up being a senior next year, I think. I think things are just about back to normal, and the progression of year-to-year eligibility is just about returned to normal. So two years, including this year, you can get two years of Cooper Lega, or like one and a half. But the the two things I kind of want to ask you guys about, and some of you already have opinions on at least one of these, and the the first big question, we're going to talk a lot about this, is did having Cooper Lega as a starting quarterback make a difference over having Logan Bonner as the quarterback? Is Utah State's offense do, did Would Utah State's offense have done as well yesterday if Logan Bonner had started and had been about as healthy as he's been all year? So, and then the other one, uh, you know, we were already kind of having this reaction as the game was winding down, as we saw. You know, Utah State did really well given the expectations. They were a twenty-four point underdog. Only they cut that spread in half, only lose by 12, 38-26. They were tied seventeen seventeen at halftime, and in you know the the post game press conference, Blake Anderson. You know, he said obviously they wanted to win, but he did list off a number of positives. And he was right in listing those positives. There were good things that this team's done, and I think he was very right in saying that, you know, if this is the team that had been playing all year, you know, it'd be a lot different. And if this is the team that comes out every night as they go through their Mountain West schedule, there's probably nobody on their schedule they can't beat. So... If this is the team that shows up, then, you know, when we were talking the other day about having, you know, having to win like five games in a row to end the season, to get to a bowl game, that could be possible if this is the team that shows up. But again, when we're talking about these moral victories, and we say, well, it was, they improved against UNLV, but still lost. They improved against BYU, but still lost. Kind of the question I'm going at is, at what point does that become unacceptable? We're kind of accepting these now because they're not the team that lost 35-7 to Weber State. They're a much better team. So those are kind of two of the things I definitely want to get your guys' thoughts on. We'll be talking about it throughout the show. But first, let's get to some text, and we're going to get to one that was sent early this morning. I was only barely awake when this was uh, sent into the the text line. I got back into Logan about 140, 145-ish this morning. So I had a long night. And uh, fortunately, I, I can't sleep past like eight or nine anymore. So, you know, I, I still only got about seven hours of sleep. Although that's actually usually more than I usually get. So I was kind of glad. Um, but 4781, he texts in a long one and he admits it. He said, he said he's sending this now since it's a long one. He said, USU played pretty fantastic yesterday in the first half. Probably just got too gassed in the second, but the rest were so bad. I've been complaining about USU sucking all year, so I ain't usually blaming the refs, but it was terrible. What's his bucket gets a pick six is, is Max Tooley. That's who What's his bucket is, I believe. Uh, gets a pick six, one play after he should have been ejected for targeting Cooper. That's one. Then the runner out of bounds by himself, referencing the Justin McGriff play, which we'll uh, probably talk about that a little bit. Uh, crap call. He was helped out clearly. Then everyone was saying that USU was dirty for the leg tackle on Jaron Hall, but then they want to say that Cooper Lagaz's hit was clean. Uh, the hit on Cooper Lagaz was clean. Uh, that guy straight up tried to ruin Lagaz's career. I'm kind of glad we don't have to play BYU anymore. It'll be fun watching them get creamed over and over by mediocre Big 12 teams year after year. 
And then he adds as kind of a PS. Also, Jason, don't say that Cooper Lega isn't better than Bonner. He proved that it should be his team now. Um, we will get to this. Um, you know, my, you could say, revised thoughts on Cooper Lega now. Uh, I was somebody who was, again, I've already mentioned this, that I didn't think Cooper Lega should just be coming in for Logan Bonner because I felt like he wasn't going to do better than Bonner. We'll get to this. But I did obviously want to acknowledge that 4781, he obviously uh, he's, seems to have been on the, the wagon that Cooper Lagasse should have been starting. And to kind of give a bit of a spoiler on my thoughts, I don't feel like I was completely wrong, but in some cases I was wrong. I'm going to admit that there was an aspect where I was wrong, but it's slightly more complicated than that. Short answer is I was sort of wrong. Long answer is upcoming. Uh, 8798, he texts in, fire Anthony Tucker. I didn't think an offense could be worse than Dave Baldwin's. Uh, this is something that's obviously going on. A lot of people not happy with Anthony Tucker. Seemed to be a little uncreative in the second half. Things just didn't go well. They came out running the ball, and they came out running the ball well. Whatever uh, the coaches put in, you know, the water that they were giving to the offensive line, it was working because they were manhandling the BYU defensive line in ways that they just – they haven't done to anybody all year except maybe UConn, where they ran for 261 yards. Like, in that first half, Utah State ran for 147 yards. And that alone would have already been, or was already, the second-best rushing game for Utah State this season. The last three games, they had, like, less than 100 against uh, Alabama. They had, like, 120 against Weber State. And then less than 100 against UNLV, if, if memory serves. I don't have that in front of me. But two of the last three games, they didn't crack 100. And then one of them, they got to like 121. So in the first half, Utah State had already been like this. this it was the second best rushing game. And I think it finished that way because obviously they didn't get to 261. So I really obviously liked the run game in the first half. In the second half, it just felt like they weren't, I don't know, seemed to be a lack of creativity. For instance, one thing that I actually noticed, I was looking at uh, Cooper Lega's rushes. Um, so he actually ran 20 times, led the team in rush attempts, had 52 yards. Um, five of his seven second-half rushes, so he ran the ball seven times in the second half, five of those went for two yards or less. And I really feel like that is kind of a symptom of some of the run game because it just seemed like they kept running Cooper Lega in seemingly uncreative ways, just run him up the gut. There were some actually really good run plays and run designs on those first couple of drives, the way they were using Cooper Lega, even and sometimes they were using like Calvin Tyler as like a lead back and just different counters they were running and creating advantages for their offensive line. For instance, like the first play they ran in the game, they were facing a five man box against BYU. They motion Calvin Tyler out of the backfield. The, run, the linebacker sprints away uh, to cover Tyler, and then suddenly it's a five-on-four for the offensive line, and they got like six yards on a Cooper Lega QB keeper. But then in the second half, it was just, all right, Lega up the middle. Didn't work after a while, and, and it cost them. Uh, 5338 says, my score prediction was almost right on. It was 38-6. to six. I just missed one number. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> just throw a two in there. You, you would have nailed it. 
Um, I'll, actually, he, he texted in a, a long one just before saying that. He said, if the Aggies play the rest of the season like they played the first half last night, they will definitely be a contender for the conference championship. Not sure where the, where the wheels fell off in the second half, though. There's been a lot of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth over the end of the football series between the Aggies and that school in Provo, which shall not be named. I, for one, am not overly sad to see it end. Back in the day, it used to be a fun rivalry to get excited about, but in recent years, it seems that the fan base of that Provo school and the school itself have just become arrogant, self-righteous jerks. I'm fine not dealing with that anymore. Now, I'll be honest, I feel like both sides are kind of coming off with this, and I'm not sure I entirely believe both fan bases that they're almost glad that it's ending. Because these two sides do enjoy it, especially Utah State. You know, the numbers don't lie that Utah State sells out at stadium when BYU comes to town. They sell out the Eccles Ice Arena when BYU came to the Ice Arena, although they won't do that anymore since they don't have a hockey team. Every time BYU comes to town, Utah State fans show up. So I know some people, obviously, I'm not going to say 5338 is lying, because there are a lot of people who will feel like this, that they're kind of getting tired of you know, BYU fans' attitude. In some cases, the little brothering that BYU tries to do to Utah State, that can get really annoying. Because, you know, it's just... The, the, the problem with that little brothering is, you know, I can really appreciate banter between fan bases, but it's got to be clever. And a lot of the stuff that BYU comes up with just isn't nearly as clever enough, you know, to be funny. Um, you know, and I, for one, I'm, I'm sad to see the BYU-Utah State rivalry go. I'll just say that. I wish it was still happening. And I think there's a lot of people who feel like it should still be happening on both sides. Probably more on the Utah State side. BYU is probably okay with it since they're moving on to supposedly greener pastures. But... I do think it is kind of a step backwards for college football in Utah that this rivalry is not going to keep going. Uh, 9315 with uh, a few texts coming in. He says, I think if, if Cooper could have started from... Well, I got I to gotta read this. I think if Cooper could have started from... I think he's basically saying if Cooper could have started from the get-go uh, or starting at quarterback after Alabama, we would be 4-1. I think that's what 9-3-1-5 was saying. And that's a possibility. Again, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the discussion on if Cooper made a difference. Uh, but I'll read a couple of 9-3-1-5's other texts. It said, trust your wrestler, Jason. That's why he good. <laughs> I think I'm missing the point on that text. Um, and then he has one more. It said, Logan is physical and mentally hurt, so he was not helping. Um, read a couple of texts. I do want to get to this this Cooper Lagaw discussion. But a lot of you are saying some things on Lagaw, so I want to read your guys' thoughts, and then I'll kind of give my little speech to end this segment about what I thought of Lagaw, his difference, and obviously my previous comments on him. Uh, 5452 says, No way on earth the offense does what they did yesterday. If Bonner had played, no way. He's broken and should not have been playing. Hurt the team way more by him having to be on the field. Uh, 6931. Uh, sent in a couple texts, said, from what I understand, it's two years after this year for Lega. Okay, so that's, that was on my confusion of whether or not Lega has two years of eligibility, including this year. If it's two years after for Lega, that's, or two years not including this season, that would obviously be nice. You get basically two and a half years of Cooper Lega. 
try and work him into being long-term starter, really experienced, could be really good for the program. Uh, then uh, 6391 adds, I'm withholding judgment on this team until after the Air Force game. If they do well, I think they can be bowl eligible. And, and that's, a fair, that's a fair point. I think you know we've seen a couple of good performances, but they haven't won. And I think after this Air Force game, we'll see if they're maintaining consistency, like true consistency. They've put together a couple of games where it's good but mistake-laden. Can they, against Air Force, pull off a win? Continue those good things they've been doing on offense and defense, cut down the mistakes, finally get a win. That would obviously be huge. So, want to get to my thoughts on Cooper Lega. So, I kind of said this earlier where I said in some ways I was wrong, in some ways I don't feel like I'm too wrong on this. Because my thing has been that if you put in Cooper Legon, I was very adamant about this. The Cooper Legon was not going to come in and be the savior everyone was expecting. They were wanting Bonner bench, and they thought Legon was going to come in and save the offense. And in that respect, I will say I don't think I was wrong, because Cooper didn't come in and save the offense. Uh, he came in and performed good. Uh, was the offense different because of Cooper? Yes, and I think there are actually some things that they were able to do that did help the offense get better. And in that sense, I did add the caveat when I was throwing out my adamant defensive that, you know, switching quarterbacks isn't going to change anything. My one kind of caveat to that was the offense could be a little more dynamic with Lagaz's running ability. And that was the case, at least in the first half. Again, in the second half, with some kind of uncreative play calling and going away from some of the things they were doing in the first half with some good counters and, and motions and you know things that BYU wouldn't have seen from Utah State, you know, they were able to you know, do some good things with Cooper. Um, the, the part that I was wrong on, though, is I said over and over that Cooper's not going to come in and, and throw as well as Logan Bonner did. And in that sense, I feel like I was wrong. Because Cooper did pretty much throw as well as Lega. Or Cooper threw as well as Lega. Yeah, lovely. I can talk. Cooper threw about as well as Logan Bonner did. There wasn't anything that I was really worried about. I didn't feel like accuracy was an issue. Sure, there were throws that were a little off, but they were off in the same ways that Bonner's always been off. Throwing high on some of those slant or hitch routes, uh, Lega underthrew Terrell Vaughn. Uh, on a play that could have that could have been a touchdown or at least a long game. So Legault was imperfect, but he was imperfect in a lot of the same ways Bonner was. So if this is the Legault in terms of passing we're going to be getting this whole season, I'm certainly comfortable with his ability to throw the ball. And I would hope that you know Utah State will try and take advantage of a true dual threat quarterback where they allow him to throw and don't just run him 20 times. Because that's something I don't think we've seen at Utah State in a while, is having a quarterback rush 20 times in a single game. I would hope they maybe take that down to like 12, and then have him throw 35 you know, or so passes. You know, if they're able to at least run a lot of plays. Uh, Cooper threw 31 this last game. Some of that was just the fact that they were down late, and they were forced to pass. So I think that Cooper Lega did just fine. Better than just fine. And in that way, he did prove me wrong in that 
He passed better than I was expecting. The offense changed in ways I kind of was expecting. You know, they ran the ball a ton with quarterback and with the two running backs and did, you know, and it was dynamic for a little bit. It was different. And there's a real new wrinkle in this rushing attack. Um, so that's, that's the initial reaction. I want to get more of you guys' reactions on Cooper. Uh, obviously, a lot of you have chimed in on this. If you have any other thoughts, either on Cooper or on, again, kind of my other question was, when do moral victories stop being acceptable for this team? Is it this week against Air Force now that Mountain West play is really getting underway? Or is it after the Air Force game where basically at that point it's a must-win every single week to get to a bowl game? We'll get to that more after this break here on 106.9 The Fan. Schreiber Foods wants to give a big thanks to the community for your support during their 50-year celebration. Thanks to you, they exceeded their goals for money raised and food donated for the Cash Food Pantry. Over 60,000 boxes of birthday cake mix was donated and thousands of dollars raised, all to help feed hungry families in our community. You also helped set a world record for the largest macaroni and cheese dish ever made, over 4,700 pounds, and it was delicious. In fact, so many people have asked for the recipe that you can now pick up that exact recipe at the Logan Schreiber Foods Office, 885 North, 600 West. Local restaurants donated proceeds like Texas Roadhouse, Chick-fil-A, Firehouse Pizza, Los Primos, Sabores, Tandoori Oven, and Cafe Sabor. They also want to thank their dedicated Schreiber Foods employees for all the difference you make in feeding the world and doing good through food. Again, thank you from everyone at Schreiber Foods. They couldn't have done it without you. Life is hard, so making sure you find that perfect woman is important. You need someone that will be by your side through the good and the bad. Once you have found her, show her that she is special with a beautiful diamond ring from Jerick's. Yes, it is all about the romance. At Jerick's, you won't find a more intimate setting. Where you purchase the ring might not be as important as who you choose to marry, but it's pretty close. Jerick's find jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jerick's. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the Fireplace Retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advanced Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cash Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cash Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to cashvalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of NCAA football. Big Ten foes collide in Iowa City as the Iowa Hawkeyes host the fourth-ranked Michigan Wolverines. Hi, it's Greg Daniels. Join Steve Berline and me for all the action as the dominant running attack of Blake Corum and Michigan look to remain perfect against Jack Campbell and the vaunted Hawkeye defense. It's Michigan and Iowa. If it's college football, it's right here. Saturday morning beginning at 9.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, and streaming online at 1069thefan.com. 
Hi, this is Tyler. Recently, my father passed away, and White Pine provided the funeral services for our family. They were friendly, thoughtful, and attentive to every detail. You know, it isn't often that a loved one passes away, so it was very important to my family that everything be handled just right. Because my dad was loved by so many people, we had a lot of family and friends that traveled from out of town. I really appreciate how White Pine Funeral Services made sure everyone was comfortable and that the focus was where it needed to be, on my dad and my family. They really took care of us during this tender time. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. All right, we're back. More Full Court Press. Jason Walker here with you. The new Valvoline Instant Oil Change across from Angie's on Main Street is on is across the street from Angie's on Main Street in Logan. Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life are the engine oil your vehicle loves. So, more coming on the discussion about, you know, the difference that Cooper Lega made uh, over Logan Bonner. Got a couple of your texts coming in. Uh, obviously, also, question of are moral victories going to be acceptable moving forward for Utah State? Uh, eventually you got to get results. The team's one in four. I know the team's improved the last two weeks, but if you're going to at least chase one of the goals this team had, which was to get to a bowl game, you know, you got to win basically five of your next seven or eight games, I think. I don't know how to do math, so I'm not going to (laughs) try. I think it's five of the next seven. So... You, you got to start winning somewhere. But I wanted to touch really quick on uh, Region 11 football, which continues today. It's week four out of five of region play. Got at least one really big, really important matchup in Region 11 play. And uh, so I want to get to that. We'll get back to the discussion on Utah State. I know a lot of you wanted to hear about the game. And obviously, keep sending in texts. Uh, on your opinions of the game, what you thought. Obviously, some controversial things with the refs, different things if you want to comment on. The text line is open. It's 435-339-0321. But as far as Region 11, so there's three three matchups today. Green Canyon will face Logan. Nike will actually be at Utah State University. It'll be played on Merlin Olsen Field. Uh, It'll actually be Logan's second game played on that field, in that stadium. Uh, they played in the Rocky Mountain kickoff earlier this year, beat Bonneville of Idaho 14-0 on that field. Uh, so Green Canyon will face, Losen, Green Canyon will face Logan. Uh, you can listen a couple of different ways. You can listen on 100.9 Light FM and also on 102 FM and 610 AM KVNU. Uh, myself, yours truly, will be on the call with Josh Anderson. He'll be the color commentator. You can also obviously watch any of these games uh, that will be going through. You can watch them on Cash Valley Daily. There are streaming options. You can go on there, watch the game, obviously listen to the commentary from all the wonderful broadcasters. Uh, another game we have Ridgeline at Bear River. Uh, there's actually a couple of different ways you can listen to this because there's going to be two calls, as is always the case with Bear River. They have a broadcast crew that, that does every game and then uh, – when they're playing a Region 11 team, somebody usually travels there. So you can listen to the Bear River side of that broadcast. Clint Payne and Jardy Nesson, uh, 104.9 The Ranch. Um, 
up in Garland. And then with Ridgeline, you can listen to Dave Simmons and Nick Zollinger on not confusingly named 104.5 The Ranch. A couple of The Ranches here, but obviously location kind of depending in some of these broadcasts. So that's how you can listen to the Ridgeline and Bear River game, or again, watching it on Cash Valley Daily. Uh, the big matchup this week is Mountain Crest at Skyview. And certainly preseason with the expectations of Mountain Crest, it didn't feel like this was going to be a huge matchup. But these are two teams that are both 2-1 and one in region. They're actually both on two-game winning streaks. And this game could have massive implications for who wins the region title, win or lose for either side. Um, and you can listen to this game um, here on 106.9 The Fan. You can also listen to it on 107.7. Uh, John Newbold and Rex Davis will be on the call, I believe. So I believe it's at Skyview, so it's, it's Hurricane John Newbold and Rex Davis. So they'll be calling that game. And again, like I said, there are big region, region ramifications. Because for one, if Skyview wins this, they'll pretty much have Region 11 wrapped up. The only thing that would keep them away from a region title at that point would be a loss to Green Canyon next week. And then if Ridgeline, they're playing, again, they're playing Bear River, and then they play Logan next week. So Ridgeline's fairly likely to win out. And if Ridgeline does win out, um, they could win Region 11, but it would be contingent on Skyview losing, either this week or next week. And this week, obviously, the more likely of the games for Skyview to lose, at least based on the record of the teams they're playing. Um, so again, if, if Skyview loses this game, you know, if, if they win, they have they're in the driver's seat still, and would basically just need one more win over a Green Canyon team that's not been very good this year. That's all that would stand between them and a Region Eleven title. Since Skyview beat Ridgeline earlier this year, the one loss Skyview has is to Logan, but Logan's fallen far enough down in the standings that you know they're not threatening Skyview with any sort of tiebreaker. But if Skyview loses, then Ridgeline is pretty much in the driver's seat. They've got Bear River this week. Uh, Bear River has struggled. They've been up and down. Ridgeline could take care of business at Bear River fairly easily. And again, they play Logan, who's really struggled in Region 11 play. They have that win over Skyview. But outside of that, they've been blown out twice. So Ridgeline pretty likely to win out. So... This is the game. This Mountain Crest against Skyview game is probably the biggest Region 11 game of the season because you know this will be the pivot on which the Region 11 champion is decided. Again, barring some really crazy stuff happening next week, which is a possibility. We've seen some crazy things happen. Logan has the upset over Skyview, and then Logan, you know, getting, getting creamed by a couple of other teams. You know, Ridgeline getting beaten pretty badly by Skyview. We've seen some surprises. So there's a possibility next week could throw some surprises. But again, this Mountain Crest Skyview game going to be the pivot for who wins Region 11, at least in my opinion. Uh, obviously, the other games, they're not going to necessarily have region title implications. Again, unless Bear River upsets Ridgeline, then that would have huge implications. Green Canyon and Logan, again, you know, not deciding uh, region titles, but certainly these are two teams that are going to want to avoid being at the bottom of the table. 
uh, Green Canyon trying to salvage some semblance of pride. And this is certainly, you know, a game where maybe they can get up and get a win. But the same thing kind of goes for Logan. They're down in the dumps a little bit after losing big twice in a row after having the really good win in week one of region. You know, beating Skyview was a huge thing for them, but they couldn't follow up on that. And this may be against a, an opponent who's supposedly weaker. They could maybe finally get a win. And Green Canyon struggled to score, which maybe could help Logan, who's given up a ton of points the last couple of weeks. But Green Canyon, we've seen them explode for points. They exploded for 43 against Bear River. So Logan can't assume they're going to slow down a Green Canyon offense that's averaged like 10 points per game this season. You know, they, they can't just assume they're going to play good on defense. Green Canyon obviously just can't assume they're going to play good on offense just because Logan struggled lately. All right, we're going to get to another break. Obviously, talk some, some region level football. want to get back to some Utah State discussions. A, a lot of little things that we can get to. We can get to more on Cooper Lagab, but there's also things like Robert Briggs. You know, well, is that situation where he comes in and plays pretty well? Uh, different things as far as missed tackles uh, in the game. There were some, some struggles with that. And also, sometimes it's just better to be lucky than good. That's what it was with BYU a little bit last time. They were, they were good, but they were also lucky in a lot of key places. We'll talk about that coming up next on 106.9 The Fan. S.C. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. Couples throughout the state buy their rings from S.C. Needham Jewelers because of our low prices, extensive ring selection, and extraordinary benefits and services with financing available. Go to scneedham.com to learn more. We have many unique and beautiful engagement rings starting at $500. You'll find affordable engagement rings with our integrity price guarantee. This is why we are where Utah gets engaged. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.C. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. You're first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business, and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL, it's an AFC West rivalry renewed as the Las Vegas Raiders host the Denver Broncos. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldinger and me for all the action as these two longtime foes battle it out in Vegas. Can Russell Wilson lead the Broncos to a third win in a row? Or will Derek Carr and Devontae Adams power the Raiders to their first win of the season? It's the Raiders and the Broncos. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday afternoon, beginning at 145 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. 
The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba. Please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. buy Napa Auto Parts, you're getting the best when you pull into one of the five locally owned Preston to Providence Napa stores. They'll not only make sure you get the right battery or wiper blades, they'll even help you install it. And if you need other work done, they can recommend a dozen Napa Auto Care Centers with ASE certified technicians. So, back to Utah State Talk here on the Full Court Press. Jason Walker with you here. Eric Franson is uh, missing, unfortunately. Oh, he's traveling. That's where he is. Although you will hear him again at the top of the hour. I uh, had an interview. Uh, if I, <laughs> if you followed up, he told me he was doing an interview with uh, uh, Ryan Odom and Stephen Ashworth. I didn't actually follow up if he actually did that. So lack of communication on our part. I hope that's what's coming at the top of the hour. Because that's what I was told was coming at the top of the hour. So assuming that happens. We'll just hope that that's what happens. But again, back to the talk. You know, Cooper Legault, obviously, that's one of the biggest discussions. Obviously, still coming in on the full court press text line. Again, if you want to send in your thoughts, 435 339 0321. A couple more texts coming in, 9315. Uh, kind of from what he was saying earlier, it says Cooper was a wrestler and he had fall practice to gel with the receivers. Um, and, and I think the, the possibility you know, that he had actually all of fall camp to work with these receivers could have helped him because he stepped right in through pretty well, not spectacular, but pretty well, was able to hit some guys, had a couple of good downfield throws. Uh, probably the play I was most impressed by was they were doing the two-minute drill uh, late in the first half, and I think they ended up punting on that drive, but... There was a play where he had to roll out to his left. He kind of juked out one of the pass rushers and so kind of bought himself a little more time. And then he found, if I remember correctly, I think it was Terrell Vaughn. It was either Vaughn or Justin McGriff. But he was able to kind of throw a little across his body. He was still throwing towards his left, so he wasn't like trying to throw back to the right. But he found a guy downfield kind of in a bit of a scramble drill where you know suddenly the routes are breaking down. You just got to find who's open. And he found the guy who was open. He was about 20, 30 yards downfield. 
And it was a really good play, and it really showcased some of the things that Cooper can do. He's an athletic guy. He can get out of the pocket when he needs to, escape pressure, uh, you know, and not just by just kind of running away. He was able to kind of juke a defender out, as I said, really create space for himself with his legs in the past. And then he had good arm and good accuracy to whip that ball downfield, find his man, and it kept the drive alive and kept it going downfield. Unfortunately, that drive stalled. But it was a good job by Lega on that particular play. Um, 2603, he also texts in on uh, this discussion. says, the difference I saw between Cooper and Bonner is that Cooper made the right reads, just needs the throw uh, just needs to throw a better ball versus Bonner often threw into double and triple coverage. And Cooper adds a true run threat. Yeah, and, and I think that is kind of a good point because in the last couple of games, Bonner had been more and more often throwing into double coverage. Now, I think some of that comes from the fact that the receivers weren't open. Granted, you still don't want him to throw into double coverage. Like A couple of those throws he made against UNLV were just into double coverage. And there was one against Weber State that he wasn't punished by where he threw it into double coverage and he just ended up getting tipped and, and bounced onto the turf. Lagaw didn't really throw too many passes that were like really bad and really interceptable. He had one on the first drive, actually, that probably should have been picked off, uh, where the BYU defender had a better play at the ball than I think it was Cobbs uh, did. And it was nearly intercepted. Uh I'm actually trying to, I don't think I actually ended up seeing Cooper Lagaz's second interception of the game. Uh, I'd already left the press box, and I haven't had a chance to rewatch the full game yet. So I actually can't remember what happened on the uh, second interception. But obviously, Lagaz's first interception wasn't too much his fault. It was tipped to the line, falls right into the hands of the defender, defender returns return it for six. So, generally speaking, now, I was proven wrong in that I said Cooper Lagal would basically be worse throwing the ball than Bonner uh, had been. Lagal came in and he's throwing the ball about as well as Bonner ever was, at least this season. So if Cooper is going to throw the ball as well as he did in uh, yesterday's game, I think the Aggies can be just fine in the passing attack. Maybe if he expands it a little bit and you know, they get a little more aggressive with the passing game. They weren't super aggressive with the passing game uh, yesterday as they were against UNLV. And so if they're able to open up the playbook, throw a lot of passes, let Cooper really emerge as a true passer, then there's a lot of places this offense can go. Um, and then obviously Cooper, he he did add a run threat. They had to account for Lega. Now eventually BYU did, and they were able to kind of shut down Lega. Like I said, five of his uh, seven second-half rushes uh, went for two yards or less. Uh, so they kind of figured him out. Some of that, a lot of people are putting kind of blame on the play calling, and I think there's some credence to that. Uh, but I think that this is something Utah State can really use going forward and that they can run Laga a lot. And I think they're certainly a little more willing now to throw Levi Williams in there because they're not like worried about, oh, we always have to have Bonner in there. Throw Williams in there for some short yardage plays, and they did. Uh, at least once, maybe a couple of times, although there's times they probably that they didn't, that maybe they should have, especially some of those fourth down plays. Uh, one five three four sends in a text. Can we please stop whining about the refs, especially the McGriff illegal touching? 
That would have been reviewed and called incomplete. His toe is out. Let's praise Legault for playing pretty darn good. And I'll say in terms of the refs, I'm definitely on one five three four side. I did not think the refs were that terrible. I thought they called the game. You know, I, there weren't any like really eyebrow raising calls in my opinion. Um, you know, the the targeting that people were saying should have been called on BYU. I must have not been paying attention on that play because I don't remember it in particular. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that one uh, to have a real opinion on it. Um, but generally speaking. I didn't have any major complaints. Um, the one thing that I need to go back, and I tried to to find video of it because I wanted to see it again and again, was that McGriff, you know, illegal touching play. I think it's it's an it's a fine, it's kind of a fuzzy line, I should say, not really a fine line, as far as, like, was he forced out? Because there was a push, but McGriff certainly did start running toward the outside. Then comes back in. And Utah State has a lot of these plays where they're lining their guys so close to the to the sideline that like they're relying on the referee understanding, you know, or having the referee like call Utah State's way and saying they were forced out. They're relying on the referee too often, and this is where you're getting burned potentially on this play, where you're relying too often on the ref saying, "Oh, he was forced out and he came back in." So, I, I don't like that that happens too often. It happens several times a game where they're lined up so close to the sideline that they have to go out of bounds with the way they come out of their break. And as I said, you, you get burned on this, where you can argue he was pushed out. I can see a bit of the argument that he kind of went out willingly despite some of the push. It was a lot like that uh, Colorado State, uh, that final play on that Colorado State game that Utah State won in 2018, where there was a push, but he did kind of run out of bounds. So just kind of depends on a judgment call. Though an interesting thing that I want to bring up, and those of you who were listening to the Aggie call last night, the post game on KVNU, and there was also simulcast here, uh, during the press conference, uh Anderson, you know, he lit into the ref over that. And then on actually the play after that where he got the penalty, McGriff was kind of shoved out of bounds, and he was mad about that. Maybe he wanted a holding. And then during, like, the entire timeout, I think after the field goal was kicked, he was talking to the referees. But Anderson said that the refs basically came back to him and said, yeah, we got that one wrong. And... I thought that was interesting that the refs supposedly, again, this is according to Anderson, the, the refs supposedly kind of apologized for that. Um, the interesting thing, though, that one five three four brings up, though, is the catch itself. And I tried to find the video. I got one replay from a highlight reel that showed one angle. Well, there, there was two angles, but one was iffy because, like, there's people in the way. And that was whether McGriff got, I think it was, like, his left toe down. And I didn't think he got it down. So I didn't think it was going to be a catch anyway. No, I, I agree with one five three four here. So I don't know if that would have been a catch. And the illegal touching was kind of iffy. As far as other things, I didn't have a super big problem with the penalties or with the refs in general. So again, I just didn't feel like it was that bad. 
I know I tweeted out during the game I was kind of mad about the targeting call in Utah State because it was exactly like the one that was, you know, Josh Sturzer got hit in the UConn game just like, uh, you know, Utah State, uh, that Gervin Hall hit the BYU player. It was the exact same as the hit Josh Sturzer took, and there wasn't a targeting. It was waved off. A, f- a flag was thrown for targeting, and they waved it off. And Gervin's was a booth-initiated targeting call that they ended up um, going with. And that kind of made me mad, although, to be honest, based on what I think I understand about targeting, both of those should have been. It's just the inconsistency I was frustrated with. So I'm... It's very rare for me to complain about refs. And in this case, I didn't complain about the refs. I didn't think they were bad. I thought they were just fine. Both, and the, th- the interesting thing about this is that both BYU and Utah State fans were talking about the refs in this game and complaining about them, which is usually one, or two, one of two things. It usually means the refs are doing a great job. Or it means the refs are so sloppy and horrible that they just can't get a single call right. But I thought they did a really good job. If, even if not a really good job, I thought they did a good job in this game. They did not impact the game one way or the other, in my opinion. Uh, 5561. We'll get to this text and then we'll take our, our final break of the day. Of the day. Uh, here says, I remember uh, a point in the game where I saw the referee... Uh, the referee had three or four plays in a row, which means they're regularly running out of bounds. Yeah, so the those of you who don't know, the referee, when a, when a wide receiver runs out of bounds, they throw their hat on the ground to kind of mark where they went out of bounds and just remember that that's a thing. And so, yeah, um, you know, it's a good observation and something you notice by Utah State's offense where their wide receivers are just all the time going out of bounds. And again, relying on the referees to make the judgment call that that is illegal touching. And so it's a risky business, and Utah State got burned by it. All right, we're going to take a break in just a moment. But first, Grantham Mobile Auto, uh, Grantham Mobile Automotive, uh, they will come to you. And, you know, it's, uh, it's <laughs> I'm reading the liner where it says it's warming up, but it's starting to cool down a little bit. Uh, and, you know, maybe if it uh, heats up a little bit, or when spring comes around, you can uh, have them come and recharge your air conditioner. I'm sure they'll work on your heater, too. I picked the wrong ad read for this. But you can call them air conditioner or heater or anything else. Any other repair you need, you can call Grantham Mobile Automotive, 435-229-4345. Crystal Vision, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, just got back from a Las Vegas buying show. They were able to see and buy the newest eyeglass frames, styles, and trends for 2023. Stop in today and check out what's new in the eyeglass frame world. Remember to take in your current prescription and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look. Nobody has the style and fashion to choose from like Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available, and now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272, or stop by their showroom west of DI and online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are. 
Advanced Heating and Air. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. I'd like to invite you to learn more about us. Since 1997, we've been Utah's premier one-stop shop for home medical equipment. What sets us apart at Alpine Home Medical is the superior level of customer service. We provide home oxygen, CPAPs, wheelchairs, scooters, breast pumps, and so much more. Come on down and get to know us. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. This is how we do If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is Mommy's Jam! Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. 76% of employees have struggled with at least one issue that affected their mental health. When you share, you're not alone. Ask about your company's emotional health benefits. Visit heart.org slash sharing. Brought to you by the American Heart Association. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Mountain West Motor invites you to their off-road car show in BBQ Saturday, October 1st. That's tomorrow at 4 p.m. Uh, at 4 p.m., you know, you know, bring your off-road vehicles, four-wheel drive vehicles to Mountain West Motor. And then about 5 p.m., they're all going to head up to the quarry in Providence, uh, Providence Canyon, for grilled hot dogs and burgers. I didn't realize I had my mic on, like, the entire break, so if you guys heard anything fun... Uh, <laughs> I don't think I actually said anything the entire break. Got nobody to talk to. Because uh, Eric Franson is uh, away for the day, although you're going to hear him coming up shortly. Uh, if I was told correctly, he's going to be having an interview with, or he had an interview with Ryan Odom and Stephen Ashworth. Uh, basketball practices are beginning for Utah State basketball. Things are just about to get going next Friday, actually, a week from today. Uh, there's going to be the blue-white scrimmage for the basketball teams. I believe both teams, the men's and women's teams, participate that participate in that, if I recall correctly. I think that's how they've done it in the past. They kind of run scrimmages for both teams. A lot of fun. You know, get a chance to get your first real look at these teams. These teams. Every year there's always a lot of newcomers, and I'm certainly going to try and be there. I think I should be there since it's in the evening. Um, although it depends on with this show, but 
Should be a lot of fun. There's guys that I want to get my first real look at other than maybe some film, you know. Got newcomers like Taylor Funk, you know, Isaac Johnson. He's a guy who hasn't played a ton in college, so, you know, get a good look at him. And also, look at the guys who are returning from last year. So, it should be a lot of fun next week. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. That's going to do it for me today. Again, Eric Franson coming up with an interview. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you guys on Monday.